Hey everybody, welcome to Spin is a Four-Letter Word, the Maroon PR podcast, all things PR, marketing, etc., etc. As usual, I got Matt Williams here. Hello, Matt. Good to see you, John. You too. And our silent but deadly producer with her new fancy pants board, Brittany Everett. Hey, Britt. She's waving vicariously. And joining us today as our guest is Eric Hammond. Uh, Eric is one of our seasoned account directors. Hey, Eric. Hey, John. Hey, Matt. Hey, Britt. <laughs> this is Eric's first appearance on Spin is a Four-Letter Word, and we asked Eric to come here because he's having an exceptional run uh, in being a PR man right now. Thank and you. In media relations specifically. And, you know, with the changing media landscape and, and newsroom shrinking and, you know, different working on different clients with different needs and demands and all sorts of stuff going on in the world, battling things like COVID and politics for space in the in the newsroom, um, Eric's done a nice job, and I thought it'd be a really good discussion for any PR pros out there listening. Um, we just kind of thought thought we talked through it, Eric. I mean, generally to start it off, um, what are you seeing differently in terms of uh, cracking the code and getting, uh, whether it's editors or news directors or talent, kind of getting back to you with with what you're pitching yeah i think it's uh trying to find things that are different something that that cuts through the noise right now a lot of obviously covid is huge obviously uh, remote work a lot of these things are, are the same and you can easily pitch those we have hospital clients and, and we get out in those but there's always a trending day a trending month that you can try to cut through as well and sometimes people don't know what those are hammerjacks is a is a good example of that we recently used National Tailgating Day, which is a real thing. Uh, it wasn't created by us or by Hammerjacks, but we use that to, to cut through the noise and help celebrate that they are launching with this tailgating venue and just pitch that out to the media and say, hey, they can talk about new ideas for tailgating recipes, for drinks, for uh, events that you may do for activities and the media ate that up and they said this is something different it cuts through we have you know, murder murder you know covid and then we can cut through with something interesting like that for those of you outside of the market wondering what the hell hammerjacks is it right. is <laughs> a uh, it, it was an iconic brand back in the day um live concert venue and it's back in the market and starting off uh, as an outdoor venue for pregame um and private events pregame for ravens games and private events so they brought us on to help get some media attention for them, help drive some traffic to that uh, venue, and it did. Eric's did a nice job with that. Hey, Matt Williams, drag you in here for a second. I mean, look, you've been doing this a long time, you know, really, really long time. I mean, what, what, um, you know, what's been the balance, um, in terms of just trying to figure out how to be persistent with the press but not be a pain in the ass? Yeah, and I think that's a what Eric has done, um, he has found that good mix. Um, he has been able to uh, come up with the creative ideas on pitches that, that seem to resonate. And, you know, with COVID and, and reporters and, and, and producers, et cetera, working from home, not, you know, it's harder to pick up the, the phone and call them. So it's, it's, you know, a little bit of persistence there. But I I think, you know, finding that balance of not – being you know annoying to them is 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 uh is important but i think you know i think still comes back to the fact that you come up with a pitch that's creative that is more than just you know plug and play you know it's easy to throw out a pitch that just says hey we've got a great event or we've got a great concept here we'd love for you to cover it you know you, you just reaching down in and finding the right reporter 
that has perhaps covered this before, that is someone who has um, this of interest to them, and it's not foreign, and you know it's perhaps something that they're they're really interested in covering that makes that pitch go a little bit further. And I think you know that's one of the things that that I think we've seen across company wide that has shown success versus just you know just blanketing out a pitch that that and it may be a great story, but. You know, there are a lot of great stories out there, and, and it's digging and finding the hook that, that matters to a particular Well, I think I think maker. you touched on a couple of things. One is I think a, a tough thing to do sometimes with clients is tell them that what they're proposing is not newsworthy, right? I mean, and that's part of our job. I mean, everything might be worth doing. Everything is not news, and that's a hard conversation to have. That's a great point. You know, with some women, but when you have it and they're receptive and they understand that and they know that you're the expert here, you get a lot more traction and that you yeah, tend to waste a lot less of the media's time versus, Hey, we're doing this. I know it's not interesting, but I told the client we'd reach out. Right. So you got to be respectful of their time as well. Hey, what are you seeing in terms of um, just the pitches themselves? What's been resonating? Yeah. I think it's important to find time in your day, which is impossible to do. It sounds like a, but to find time to be creative and come up with interesting pitches. Because if you're just, I'm just going to send this out, it, it's boring. And it's going to be the same thing that the media is getting. If you can take a few minutes to carve out, take a walk, whatever you need to do to sit there and think, okay, how can I be different with this? And then send that pitch and call people. And then if it's not resonating, try changing the subject matter, subject line. Try changing some of the body a little bit and call other people at that media outlet and say, hey, I if this isn't resonating with you, what are you interested in? What are you looking for right now? What excites you right now? What's your editor on you about? What's your producer on you about? And try to solve their problem for them instead of just jamming things down their throat, which some people might do. you got to get be at this ribbon cutting. You've got to be at this groundbreaking. But if you ask them, what are you looking for? How can I help you be yeah. more successful in your career? They love that because you're not calling – asking them to solve your problem you're trying to solve their you're working problem with for them, them right exactly. and I, yeah. I think that's a that's a really good point one thing that i think you do well and some some of us do well and others need to improve upon is really basic research and you touched on this earlier i mean what are these journalists covering and not only that do we actually watch the local news do we actually listen to the radio do we actually know what they're talking about because it's gold because when you actually know, and it sounds ridiculous because everyone's thinking, well, of course we do. Well, no, you, a lot of people don't. And you need to understand what segments there are that need to be filled. What's the regular cadence? Who are these reporters and what are they What are they like talking about? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, and John, you're, you're good at this as far as letting us know that, hey, you know, this particular show on this particular uh, affiliate, they're begging for stuff right now. And, you know, I think there's a, a level of knowledge that, you know, and, and relationships, then, and that's something that, you know, only only time really does, but relationships with with a uh, uh, an outlet that, you know, you, they, they tell you, look, I, I really need to fill some time here, you know, and I need some good stories to cover um, what's out there. And, you know, it's, led, it's letting everybody know that, you know, being in contact with them enough to know what they need and how how much they need, and then you know spreading the word. You know, let's let's get this filled. I think one one other thing I'd, I'd like to touch on a little bit too is is not just about the pitches themselves, but it's also identifying other outlets that maybe maybe non traditional, maybe um, you know a, a specific 
uh, segment or a part of a, of a bigger publication. You know, I think Eric's had some really good success about delving into some of the uh, more trade publications or, or perhaps some of the online outlets that reach a ton of people that may not be top of mind to, to folks. Maybe, Eric, you can share some of those, some of the ways you've, you've found to, to, to highlight clients' work in, in areas that maybe everybody doesn't think of. It's like John said, uh, you've got to do the research, and I think that helps a ton, and, and just to see where audiences seem to be engaging and who seems to be active in that space. Uh, we, we just took on a new a casino client, which is a great example, because basically we've broken that down into their casino, and then they have a sports book, and then they have dining, and then they have horse track, horse racing. Those are very, very different areas. And Tops they could be all, different. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they can have different, excuse me, different audiences. So looking into, okay, if we take down the event hall, now who's interested in this? Uh, we're promoting a country concert coming up. So who's really interested in country music in this uh, particular audience in their, in their area, target area? So that's really important. Then you talk about dining and you look at maybe trending days or just great blogs in the area and could drive traffic as well. I think it's really important. And, and you guys talk about relationships. You know, we our motto here is drive, tra- drive growth through relationships, but it's not BS and not just tooting maroon PR. So I mean, I think that's great in PR in general or in, or in marketing, being authentic in those relationships, checking in with people, not just when you need something from them. Try to remember things. You know, there was a, a somebody for a co-host on a radio show the other day that happened to mention to me that she was going in to, to get uh, some tooth work done. Checked on her the next day. Shot her a text. Hey, how you feeling? Just check, checking on that. You know, really not, didn't need anything from her. I'm just asking about that. I talked to a writer at a prominent newspaper yesterday. Just called. I know she had been on vacation recently. Called and checked in. Hey, how was your vacation? How are things? Saw you wrote an article recently that was outside of what you normally write. What's that about? Do you I enjoy Eric, doing that, Eric? I don't mean to interrupt. That's gold. I mean, and I don't it's, think. I don't think. We do enough of that, and I don't it's hard think to find any, the time, right? any PR pros do enough of it. But that's the time that ends up making a difference, mm-hmm. right? I mean, send a note. The handwritten note is dead gesture. Send right. a note when you see somebody produce a really good piece or break some news and get some credit. Just acknowledge them, like you checking in with the journalist and, and asking how her vacation went or how you know, you knew that they were going through a procedure or whatever it might be. I mean, I think it's a human element. And I think sometimes we get so trapped in that I need to get out 10 pitches. I need to get the story. I need to write this release. All that doesn't mean crap. Right. She's sending emails, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if, if there's no connection there. So I think it's really important, um, that people listen to this. Um, it is a, it sounds so cliche. It's a relationship business. Everyone will tell you that, right? This is a friggin' relationship <laughs> business. And especially with newsrooms getting smaller. Um, the upside of all that is that newsrooms are generally more receptive to taking information and assets from PR firms that they never would have done. You know, Brittany now shoots video that we send to newsrooms and right. they'll use it. That was blasphemy not that long ago, but now they, they need that sort of thing. So um, great points about the relationship building. Um, and you touched on, I think, Matt, you were touching on this earlier too, the non-traditional publications, the other media outlets that we don't always think of. I think there's a knee jerk in every market to think, to go where you're comfortable Go where you know this producer. Go where, okay, we're in 
Baltimore is a good example, right? There's four TV stations. There's a couple of publications, the BBJ, the Sun, if it makes sense, technically, or South Baltimore. But there's, like, that's it. And then BAL Radio, 105.7 The Fan, you know, Odyssey, iHeart. Those are kind of like where you go, right? But a lot of clients, that's not where the great value is. A lot of it, we just met with one the other day um, that really values in 2022 wants us to do much more focus on the cyber defense community and where do they get their news trade publications honestly we don't know a ton about that world right now we got some work to do but it was great guidance and i think thinking more strategically instead of just throwing a bunch of shit against the wall and hoping somebody bites is a really important part of yeah and you know what that conversation was born from the fact that we were, our client was, frankly, you know, where is our business coming from? You know, and it's identifying, you know, where they're, where the people, yeah, yeah the general public's one thing, but where your client makes their money um, and who's buying their service or product um, and, and identifying what those outlets are, very targeted, specific market uh, outlets. Um, you know that that cha- that could change their bottom line, and yep. and and that's a you know an area that I think, as you said, John, we get used to going to the same old same old. Um, but if we can target uh, something that's really going to affect their bottom line or affect where they're buy or or provide an uh, access to where their buyers are getting their information. Yeah, and if I can make a couple comments on that, Matt, I, I agree. I think media lists need to be different for every pitch. You shouldn't just have the same old, like you said, John. You have the same outlets, and you blast everything to everyone. I don't think that's going to be effective. It's That's checking a box that you sent an email, but is that going to get the results that you need? Yep. Maybe, probably not. So it should be different for each one. Uh, and then look at... Uh, recaps as well. John, you're, you're constantly talking to us about that and pulling things up. You know, hey, look at this this business journal, look at this paper. Here are recaps as well. A lot of times the media is dealing with breaking news or they may not be able to get out somewhere. They can't physically get there. They don't have enough people. If you send a recap, though, you can still get that published a lot of times, a photo recap. Okay, send them the press release, put that information in there. A lot of times they would love that. They're looking for those especially if it's a print publication, they have to fill that space somehow and they're looking for things like that and they're starving for it. So very rarely, I think people associate media relations with creativity, but creativity Mm -hmm. is a big part of success, you know, creativity and who you're pitching creativity and how you're pitching, how you're storytelling, what you do before, after and during, um, and how you report your results. Yeah. And how you report your results is really good. I think, you know, we talk a lot about earned, owned and paid and for, uh, if you're listening to this, you probably know what all that means, so we'll spare you. But we always try to encourage our clients in some way, shape, or form to live in each of those buckets to some capacity. And paid might just be a small spend on social advertising. It doesn't have to be a ton of money. It doesn't have to be TV and radio. It could be even small. Um, but really make sure that your owned media is jiving with what you're doing on the earned space and helping enhance and, and bolster your storytelling. So, um Long-winded way of saying, I think, I think just making sure you're well-rounded, making sure you're creative, and making sure that you're checking um, all the boxes um, instead of just going through the motions, which is an easy trap to fall in when you got five or six clients, you got a bunch of stuff you get out, you got this, you know, a couple of weeks where you got four or five things going on. It's very easy to get into that um, rhythm, which isn't necessarily always a bad thing, but 
keep creative, keep um, looking at things differently if it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and and I think too, another another factor that goes into this is courage, and that is, look, and this is Eric's Eric's great at this. Uh, you know, he's got a client, a hospital client, and you know he's he he's not willing to shoot for the stars here. Good Housekeeping magazine. You know, I mean, you know. That's just not something that, you know, you normally think of in your own little market here. And in all of these big major publications that we used to get in print back in the day are now online as well. And they've got lots of space to fill. And, you know, don't be afraid to go chase one of those down. If you've got a solid story and, and Eric, you can you can vouch for this and tell us the story, but I think I think it's a um, you know, it's a testament to the fact that, you know, they need this, this stuff too. And don't be afraid to reach out to the bigs. Yeah, absolutely. There are several resources where reporters will reach out saying they're looking for sources and they have to write the story. And a lot of times it's a quick turnaround. It may be hours, it may be two days, but you've got to jump on that and look for that. You have to be responsive and, and really do these things. I, I do research on that three times every single day. And We've, like you said, we've, we found some great uh, publications, Good Housekeeping, uh, Better Ho- Homes and Gardens, Forbes Health, right. Parents Magazine, Self, Bicycling Magazine, just trying yeah. to put them yeah. out there. And in the digital world, it's really important to get hyperlinks in there because that helps with search engine optimization. It's, it's just huge. Well, it's thought leadership, right? Your executive yeah. positioning, you're getting them out as experts. And, and you know, we're happy to say it. I mean, I know Eric's talking about, it's called Harrow, Help a Reporter Out, started by great PR exec named Peter Shankman who years ago started this and it's a resource for journalists, but you know, um, Eric, Eric picked up the mantle on that and he's had more success with Harrow than I've ever seen anyone have. And I think that's, that goes back to complimenting him for the way in which he's reaching out, the value he's bringing. I'm guessing the brevity of his pitches as well. That's one thing I just want to touch on too. I think young PR pros want to cram everything they possibly can into an email to a news gathering agency, a, a producer, whatever, a writer, and you can lose them really quickly. You need a couple things to keep in mind. You need a really compelling subject line. They're getting flooded. You are not the only PR person reaching out to them. I guarantee you that. And the, so you need a really compelling subject line and then you need to get to the friggin' point and make their life easy. Um, Talk a little bit about that, E, about how you kind of structure your pitches and what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very selective with what I respond to, the queries that I respond to, um, the clients, if they can get back to them quickly. Some people, some writers ask for responses up front. I'm not going to do that with our clients because then they have to take time that's invested and they may not get it. I I say we usually have about a 20% success rate with, with Harrow. Uh, or, or a lot of pitches for that matter. So I look for things that specifically will work. I think we can get back to, and I'll send a quick bio. Hey, this is what qualifies this person. Let it, let us know if we can connect you with them. It's usually three, four sentences, something like that. But it's got to be compelling. It can't just be, you're looking for a dermatologist. We have a dermatologist. It, it can't just be that. It needs to be what makes them unique. What's their background? What's their training? Um, just doing this with uh, some chefs for some some trending topics this month. Where did they go to school? What do they have experts in? If this is asking about, in fact, I just responded to one this morning that was asking about differences between uh, in baking parchment paper versus aluminum foil and that kind of thing. But 
they needed a resp- you know someone to be for that, and it was for Huff Post. Yeah, I mean, that's great. a major online publication, obviously. So, what makes this person specifically qualified for that? Why would she be different? Um, but again, try to keep that to three, four sentences, and if possible. In something like Haro, you can't include an attachment. It'll, it'll automatically be stripped out, but you can include a link. So I include a hyperlink to that person's LinkedIn or if they have a bio on the website so that the, per, the writer can do more research as well. I think you touched on something really interesting, too, about kind of like taking a deeper dive on your subject, right? Where they go to school, what's some common threads, what sets them apart, what makes them unique. You're talking about pitching chefs, right? There's always some sort of point of differentiation right. when it comes to chefs, and um, find it, you know, I mean, instead of just worrying about, okay, it's a chef at this restaurant, at this casino, you know, and it's, it, it, it got four stars or something, right? No, take a deeper dive. What makes this person unique? And then what media outlet gives a crap, right? About this chef or what's going on in the world or this cooking technique or what have you. I think there's, again, you know, we're belaboring the research point today, I think a little bit in a, for a reason. Uh, it's important, and it's important to take a closer yeah. look. And, and I think the easy thing to say is, look, I don't have time to do the research, et cetera. Well, you know what? It's that back back to the old adage of work smarter rather than harder. Yeah. And, you know, would you rather do your research and send out a pitch to three people who you got a legitimate shot at landing this versus not doing any research and sending it out to 150 people, and you get zero response. Exactly. You know? Listen, as PR people, it's a good point, Matt. Thank you. And I think as, as we wrap up, I think as PR people, um, there are times when you need to blast stuff out, sure, right? Sure. I mean, it's just like, okay, blast it out. Whether it's an advisory or release, we got to get this out. we got to get it out to the masses. But what strategy do you use before that, right? I mean, most media outlets do not respond to a blast unless it's super compelling advisory for an event and that sort of thing. So that's when you really need to structure. Here's, you know, so-and-so, I thought of you for this because of your recent story about this. You seem to, this seems to resonate with you. This is really interesting. This person lives in your backyard, whatever it might be. And, and that's really quality over quantity is definitely some important uh, important mantra when it comes to media relations. And the so, subject line is so important in an email. You have to get them to open it. It's, yes. That's so important. And make sure that follow up if you can with a phone call or an additional email. A lot of times I'll email people and just say, hey, I'm gently being relentless here. And they'll say, oh, sorry, it went to my spam again for some reason. I don't know why. And they don't mind. If you give them that out and say, okay, if, if this isn't working for you, no problem. Yeah. Just let me know. But it's okay to be relentless with follow-up and and just passionately represent your clients read your ask for another person to put a set of eyeballs on your pitch read it to yourself is it something you'd click on you know make it interesting these guys are getting hit you got to stand out baby and that comes from uh, all the things we talked about today but eric you know Great job. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. This was fun. No, it was great. Um, Britt's uh, hilarious, too. Britt's great, yes. (laughs) I feel like I didn't get a word in edgewise over Britt, though. It's always (laughs) always the same way in the office. It's weird. But, hey, listen, everybody, thank you for tuning in to Spin is a Four-Letter Word. we got a few guests coming up in the next couple of weeks that I think you'll find very, very interesting. Um, This was an important discussion. Uh, PR is ever-evolving. But it kind of stays the same. And media relations, while newsrooms are evolving and changing, in some cases getting smaller, 
they still value good public relations people, bringing them valuable stories and pitches. You just got to do it right and take the time. So, Eric, Matt, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you guys next time on Spin is a Four-Letter Word.